G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. As we do on a Tuesday, let's take a short while to update breaking news as it's been happening overnight from Israel and the Middle East. And Ron Ross is back with us. Hello, Ron. Good morning, Neil. Ron, let's start with the idea that Middle Eastern leaders are heading to Washington as President Donald Trump appears to be kick-starting what is a possible Middle East peace process of negotiations. That's certainly true. That's what appears to be pretty obvious. President Trump posted Egyptian President Abdel Fattah al-Sisi yesterday and Jordan's King Abdullah will visit with him today. The Trump administration says it wants to restart the Middle East peace process. Egypt and Jordan are the only Arab nations that have peace treaties with Israel. The meetings come as Israel announced it would build a new Jewish settlement in the West Bank, the first in 20 years. That brought criticism from the EU, UK, Jordan, the Palestinian Authority, France and the United Nations. Israel Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu told the Trump administration that it's a one-time exception to Israel's commitment not to establish new settlements and that it was because of a promise to the 40 families of the outpost of Amona, which was dismantled because it was built on private Palestinian land. At the same time, Israel said it would limit future building, where possible, to the built-up areas within existing settlements. U.S. officials said that settlements are not expected to be the focus of discussions. Egypt is facing a growing threat from Islamic State in the Sinai Peninsula, and Jordan is wrestling with a severe economic crisis, and these seem to be two particular aspects that Donald Trump wants to address and how the U.S. might manipulate that to have them on side with Trump for a Middle East peace discussion. Well, it would appear to be common sense, wouldn't it, that all of the nations in the Middle East that surround Israel might be included in some sort of a peace process. Uh, First cab off the rank, I think, is the Egyptian president, al-Sisi, who's already met with President Donald Trump yesterday. Yeah, pretty interesting thing, because Obama ignored al-Sisi for eight years, and Trump has welcomed him to the White House as uh, an ally. Uh, The Egyptian leader found common ground with Donald Trump from the very first conversation they had during the White House transition period. Sisi was the first Arab leader to call Trump with congratulations for his victory. And they together then coordinated against an effort at the UN Security Council to condemn Israel for its settlement activity. Uh, Trump said, we agree on so many things. I just want to let everybody know, in case there was any doubt, that we are very much behind President al-Sisi. I find this very interesting because Obama was lukewarm, to say the least, towards the Muslim Brotherhood, which sparked its birth in Egypt. 
And Al Sisi kicked them out after they'd won government. And it's on those grounds that uh, President Donald Trump is saying to Al Sisi, we can come to some arrangement if you will help me deal with the terrorists. Uh, you will find me supporting you very strongly and very earnestly in finding a solution to the problem of the century, Trump said. Sisi came to Washington with several specific requests. He wants the Trump administration to support, con uh, support continued foreign military financing to Egypt, despite its general disposition to cut foreign aid. Now, Trump has been talking quite vocally about cutting support to various nations, uh, but I would hazard a guess uh, Egypt won't be on the cutting list. As I understand it, Ron, President Trump met with President al-Sisi around about a year ago and uh, they hit it off really well and got on. And uh, as I understand it, President Trump is wanting to build on what was a very good meeting a year ago. Uh, let's uh, let's talk about the relationship between Egypt and Israel. Now, that's not always been a very comfortable relationship, but Egypt's Coptic Christians are making a pilgrimage to Jerusalem in record numbers. This is very interesting because it's under the al-Sisi regime that the restrictions have been lifted after decades of pressure to not make pilgrimages uh, to Jerusalem. Egypt's Coptic Christian population is now making regular trips to Jerusalem and at a record pace. The number of Egyptian tourists to Israel has nearly doubled to 7,450 from 4,428 between 2014 and 2016. While the figures from Israel's Population and Immigration Authority do not break down the numbers of visitors by religion, it's widely believed that the uptick is due to a surge in pilgrimages by the Coptic community. Uh, it's, it's quite the thing for a, uh, an Egyptian Christian to visit Israel, as it is for all of us. Now let's remain in Jerusalem and a focus on the temple or a third temple in Jerusalem. And interesting the way that Jewish people might see the rebuilding of a temple and the way we might see Messiah, because, of course, Jewish people don't see Jesus as Messiah. But there's a new Temple Institute video, Ron, debunking Jewish belief that the third temple must be built by the Messiah. What is the story? Yeah, the Temple Institute has released the third in its Holy Temple Mythbusters series, dealing with what they call a common misconception that Jewish law requires the anticipated Messiah to build the third temple and that it should not be constructed until he arrives. The, in the video, Temple Institute co-founder and international director Rabbi Chaim Ritman highlights the key Torah sources defining the Jewish law requirements to build the temple in our time and its correlation to the coming of Messiah. According to Rabbi Rickman, the Holy Temple has become one of the most overly mystified concepts within Judaism. While Torah scholars and yeshiva students, that's Bible college students, diligently strive to understand every detail of Torah knowledge, they seem to have relegated the subject of the Holy Temple to the world of the paranormal, he said. Many prefer to ignore the subject entirely, 
despite the fact that fully one-third of the Torah pertains to the Holy Temple, and clear instructions for its preparation and buildings are written in black and white. Of course, for Christians, uh, Jesus is the temple. Hebrew 12 tells us vividly and describes the sacrifices endured by Jesus, who completed the temple sacrifices in his own body. He lay aside the temple purpose. We are called to fix our eyes on Jesus. His death and uh, resurrection eradicates every weight, the Bible says, every encumbrance, everything that gets in the way of our salvation, which is why we're called to preach the gospel, starting with Jerusalem and then to the other parts of the earth. And there is an interesting factor that is coordinating efforts from those who are in the Middle Eastern region uh, where there are typical tensions in normal times, earthquake fears, Ron. It's united the Palestinians, the Jordanians and the Israelis, at least in areas of rescue coordination. What's the story? It's pretty amazing. We finally get to the understanding that there's someone greater than all of us. Uh, With the border area within Jordan at high risk of earthquakes, Israeli institutions are collaborating with the Jordanian Red Crescent and Hebron's Greenland Association to train local residents as first responders in the event of such a catastrophe. The joint project called Community Emergency Response Team was conceived by Ben-Gurion University, the European Union and Magan David Adam, which is the Jewish equivalent of the Red Cross. Limited access and rough terrain after an earthquake mean that rescue teams may take some time to arrive. This training will give residents tools to provide first aid, shelter and psychosocial support before professional rescue teams appear. It's amazing how a catastrophe like that can suddenly bring enemies together for good. It is amazing, and I think that is a good news story to end on. And, Ron Ross, always appreciate your insights. There's nowhere else that people can hear this sort of update and always appreciate your attention to the research that goes into uh, getting these breaking news headlines to air each week. And so, Ron Ross, uh, really appreciate you. Thanks so much for taking some time to talk to us today on 2020. Thanks, Neil. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.